Peace. My name is Jasmine, and this is my journal. Um, I wanted to talk about an experience I had. This was years ago. It had to be like 2018, but it was like right before my mom died. And I did this meditation, right? So in this meditation, I was in a hospital and... (laughs) I was laying in this bed and I never forget it was this guy that I was dating at the time. We'll just call him uh Michael. We'll call him Michael. And my teacher came in, um, and then um Twin Flame Radio came in, um, Divine Queen, Chris and Light, and they came in. Uh Chris was at the head of my bed, Divine Queen was at the foot. Mike was at the right and Ali was at the left. And I remember Chris and Divine Queen were praying over me. So I was like unconscious and Ali was holding my hand. I remember taking my hand and drawing the letter A-L-I just to kind of say, hey, I know you're there. And then Mike was just sitting there chilling. And then Mike was like, um, I had woke up. I remember I woke up in the... I don't know where I was. I wasn't asleep because I was meditating, but I was out. And I remember. And Mike was like, "Um, I think it's time to take her. And he asked um, Ali's permission to take me. And Ali was like, take her. So next thing you know, me and Mike go in this building. It looked like my grandmother's building um, in New York City. She used to live in these projects in New York City. And um, she lived on like a high floor. So we had to get on the elevator and go all the way up to the floor. And we walked through this building. It was like identical to my grandmother's building. And the apartment was all the way down on the corner on the right side, like my grandmother's apartment was. We went in there. And Mike's parents were um, Angela Bassett. And she was sitting with her legs crossed on the floor and Bill Cosby for some reason. So Bill Cosby put this record on his dad this was Mike's dad he put this record on and the record was like playing backwards and it was this weird music music like I've never heard before it was weird and I noticed that they was like bundling up Angela Bassett they were putting like mass layers on her and she was like um she looked at me and she was like you better bundle up it's cold where we're going so Mike and Bill Cosby heard and ran. And they were just grabbing coats from everywhere and piling me up with coats and blankets and coats and blankets. And then that record got louder. And then next thing you know, everything went black. So when I opened my eyes, I noticed that me and Angela Bassett were sitting on this park bench. But it was like so cold. And I probably had on like eight layers. And it was so cold. And I was like, it is so cold here. We are. Where are we at? And she was like, well, we're in hell. And I said, well, why are we here? She was like, you have to go through here to get to where you're going. And I'll never forget, like, I could smell the sulfur and I can hear cackling in the background. It was real loud cackling, like something was on fire, but it was very cold. So, but... It looked very much like here on earth, but it was very like it was darker, like it was daytime. You could tell it was daytime, but it was dark, like it was like dark clouds over it. But It was very cold. 
And we walked to these projects and in these projects, they were like, um, it's these torn down projects. And we went into this apartment and in this apartment, um, my best friend, um, my best friend Tish was there and she was there with her mom and her mom had passed away in 2009, but in this meditation, her mom was alive. And the walls were like the stained yellow. Like, have you ever been to anyone's apartment that smoked for many, 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 many years and the stain, the smoke from the cigarettes stained the walls? It was like that type of stained. And her mom was yelling about something and they were going back and forth. And my friend was like, my friend had weight loss surgery. It's okay that I say this on here because she's very open about her weight loss journey. But she was the old size that she was before she lost weight. And we walked through the apartment. And then um, we walked back outside and she was giving me these instructions. And it's funny. I said, how am I going to remember all these instructions? She was like, you're not going to remember these instructions when you wake up. She said, but you are going to know what to do to get out of here. And I remember coming out of that meditation. That was the first time. And it's crazy because. After I had that meditation, a few months later, my mom died. And after that, I just, I went through a dark period. Um, My mom died. I lost my job. I lost my house. I lost like almost everything. (laughs) Everything. I had to move. I had to get a new car. I had to find another job. It's just that I just kept taking hit after hit after hit. The house that I was in flooded. It just, I just kept taking hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. My my 14-year relationship ended around that time. It was just tearing me up. So, I, I think, I don't know if that was symbolic, but it felt symbolic. So, the second time I had it was more recent. Um, I was, I was doing a meditation again, and I was just out like a light bulb. And I remember... I was in this place. It was deep underground. It was like deep underground because the walls were so, it was so dark. And the the walls of this place, they were real narrow, but they were so tall. You couldn't see the top. You couldn't see where they ended. That's how far down I was. And like, um, it was, again, it was so cold. It was just bone chilling. But in between the walls, it looked like molten, like molten rock, like molten lava. And that was like the only the little bit of source I had. And I could tell also from my body, I emitted like my own light. There was like a light coming from my body. So it was like I was like a human flashlight somewhat. And I was floating through these these the, these narrow walls. And I remember asking like, where am I? And a voice told me, hell. Now, look. I don't really believe in the concept of heaven and hell like that. That's not really like a concept that I really subscribe to on this point in my journey in spiritualism. But these places that I went twice, I was told I was in hell. So I noticed as I was going through this, this these narrow tunnels, freezing cold, it was pitch black, like through the like um, my flashlight, I was able to see like um, it was like some type of statue on this wall. And it was like way up. So my body floated up towards that statue. statue. And when I got up to the statue, I realized that it was a statue of a lion's head. And it was mounted on that wall. 
And when I looked in the lion's eyes, a fire sparked in both eyes and the fire got real, real bright. And then I appeared on this motorcycle like roller coaster, like the seats were like motorcycles. And I was hugging behind um, this guy that I dated for a little bit. Um, we were we were riding on this roller coaster because it's funny. I would joke with him and be like, man, I went to hell to get you. I ain't going back. I think <laughs> sometimes I think I really did, but I was holding on to him real tight and we were just going up and down and crazy loose and stuff on this red, on this roller coaster. And the funny thing is I'm holding on to him tight and I'm keeping us steady on this motorcycle. And this dude is oblivious that I'm even behind him. He don't even know I'm there. He just riding and we're just riding in circles, going all crazy. I'm holding on this tight. I'm holding on so tight and we're just going all crazy on this little thing on this motorcycle. No seatbelts, no straps, no nothing. And then next thing you know, this light out of nowhere, it's like, I can't explain this light. It was so blinding. It hit me in the chest and it knocked me way off the bike. And I slammed against something and hit the ground. And when I opened my eyes and looked over at him, he was still riding on that, that motorcycle roller coaster. And he rolled right back down into this pit, this dark pit where I came from and left. So I always say he went back to hell. So when I came out of the meditation, my whole body was completely sore. I felt like I felt like I actually smacked the wild or something. And that was the second time um, I've ever went. And the crazy thing again is <laughs> after that meditation, I went through another dark period. So maybe like going to that place is like my subconscious giving me a heads up like, hey, girl, you about to go through a hard time. Buckle up. <laughs> so, you know, the first time a lot of the stuff that was taken away from me. It was a lot of it was physical. Some of it was emotional, but um, I had suppressed it so much that um, I had suppressed. <laughs> I'm sorry, Big H over here snoring. <laughs> Let me sit over here snoring, bruh. Yo, wake your old ass up. <laughs> but anyhow, I had suppressed so much that I didn't allow like my emotions, but I had but uh, a lot of the physical stuff that I lost got to me. So I conquered, kind of conquered losing physical things in a way. But this time it was um, a deep connection that ended and my emotions were challenged. And it had something to do with the gentleman I was on a bike with. And my emotions were super challenged. And I hit a low, I hit a low low to the flow low. <laughs> but you know I have been working through it coming out of it coming out of that low and things have been feeling and looking so much better but I think that I could I know like if I ever have another meditation or a dream where I go to this dark place wherever it is, where it's bone chilling cold, that's my subconscious saying like, hey, you about to go through hell or you about to go through something. That's got to be what it means. It's either that or it's a place that I really went to. Either way it goes, what happened after it, something happened 
So I think I could take it as maybe um, it's a subconscious warning that I, I need to take heed. Like, buckle up, shawty. You about to go through some stuff. It's right. Uh, what Kevin Hart say, it's about to go down. <laughs> but, you know, I came out of these situations with a lot of lessons. The first time I came back from hell, I realized that I was too attached to some of the material things I had. I owned a nice house, four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, basement, nice yard. I had a nice car. I had a great job in management and I was challenged when it was taken away. I had a mother that I can call that was always there for me no matter what. I had a relationship. Um, I mean, he wasn't the best. That was complicated because he wasn't great to me, but he was great to the children. Great dad, great stepdad, always there. I could come and go as I please. If he was home, I could leave. You know, he always took the kids with him. He believed in family time. Even after we broke up, like every once in a while, we'll still have a family trip. Like we'll take the kids somewhere. You know, he's always, he's always been his great grandfather. He's that. But as far as relationship, he probably got like about 30 females. He always keep he always keep a whole a whole bunch of them. Even when he was with me, he had a whole bunch. But that was a lesson within itself. Um, I had to um look at myself and take a look at how I valued myself, which is a lesson that I've only learned recently. Anyhow. The second time I had um went to hell and you know I came out of it. This was whole this is all about emotions. Um this was all about learning what happens when you walk into a situation with expectations. Um and how when you walk into a situation with expectations and things don't turn out the way you expected, how do you respond, especially when it comes to matters of the heart? Or it's when it's a connection that you feel is close. That you feel is close because I felt like it was a close connection. But um, I can't speak on how the other person felt because they never really. Well, maybe they did express it a few times. They did, but they they expressed it, but their actions didn't show what they expressed. So I don't know. I'm going to take it they didn't. Because in my mind, the way I am, if I feel something, I'm going to show you. So. But that's just my perception of it. But another thing, I had to check myself, you know, after going through hell. It's funny because you think that I, you go through hell, you come out, you're going to play the victim. Like, you know, this is his fault. He did this. He did that. He played me. And da, 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 da. that's what I wanted to do. But after coming out of this, I had to, like, really check myself. Like, because somewhere in the back of my mind... I thought that since I felt so close to this person that I was the better choice for this person. I was the one. I was the one that was going to help this person. And I was the I was the key. I was going to fix this. I was. It was me. I'm that bitch. You know, <laughs> I'm like, girl, boop. <laughs> like, who is you? You know, I had to have that. I had to have that. Who is you moment? I was terrible. And and. I'm not even mad at that person. I'm mad at myself. Like I would pray for this person to change so that they can see me. If you have to pray 
to change somebody, that is some selfish shit. I'm just, I'm sorry. I just, if you have to pray to change somebody to fit what you think is right, that is some selfish stuff. That is some effed up stuff. And I had to literally sit down and check myself like Jazz. I had to look in the mirror and be like, Jazz. Yes. Bitch, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) You know, it, it was those moments. Like, I had to check myself. Like, how dare me think that I'm somebody's best choice. And I'm all types of fucked up too. You know, I got I got a lot of healing to do myself. So how can I assign myself to fix somebody else? And I haven't allowed myself the capacity to fix myself. <laughs> I'm just up to fixing niggas. Like, hey, you know what? Baby, I got you. I can save you. Just come on over here to me. I got you, baby. I'ma save you. Like, who am I? That was some egoic stuff. And <laughs> I'm laughing. Look, big big H. Ego can't even work. <coughs> Hold on, wait, big H. Don't be over here hate on me while I'm making up my words. Let me finish my stuff. I'm being vulnerable over here. I'm telling on myself right now. So I'm gonna need you to be quiet while I tell on myself. Thank you. Thank you, big H. Thank you. Anyhow. <laughs> I'm trying to tell ya, yo. I was all types of jacked up. I can't believe, I couldn't believe that I had allowed my ego to act like this. Like, I was real live. Like, I would argue with this dude. I would argue with his baby mama. Like, nah, bitch, we gonna argue today. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, it was to the point to where I felt like I was so it. I was disrespecting this woman. Because she called me and she told me, like, look, bitch, I don't want you talking to him. And I'm like, I'm going to talk to him anyway, like, because I'm it, you know? And I just, when I had that moment, you know, it's funny now, but when I had it, I think I probably cried for about two weeks straight because I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed, I blocked this man on all social media. I was like, let me just block him because I was embarrassed. Like, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I don't ever want to look at him again. I don't ever want to look at this person again. This is embarrassing. That I actually let my ego get me like this. So that was a lesson learned. At the end of the day, what will be will be. So sometimes you just have to allow things to be. And one lesson, one big lesson that I learned is to surrender to things that I can't control. And control and move what I can control, which is me. You know, I created this whole narrative to try to control how I wanted a relationship that I desired to play out. And when it didn't play out that way, I lost it. But had I let it be, it would have flowed more freely. Now, of course, for a person like me with a traumatic past that has been through a lot and that has been hurt a lot, you know, control becomes a defense mechanism. You know what I mean? Or suppressing emotions, it becomes a defense mechanism. So what I'm practicing now is just learning to be myself. And it was funny because um, I had went to dinner with Big H because I had sent him a beret of questions over text message. You know, and it was me, again, trying to be protective. Like, okay, 
something wrong. Because I always think something wrong. Because in the past, when I was in relationships, something was always wrong. I'm like, hey, something wrong. Did I say something? Did I do something? I'm a Sag. I'm very direct. It's not hard for me to offend, any, offend anybody. And I don't do it purposely. I just, I just speak very directly. I don't know how else to speak. The only person I know how to be is myself. And he made a very valid point. He was like, you don't have to do that. And he was just like, if I have an issue with you, I'll say it. He said, just be. All you got to do is be. And I'm like, you know what? Be. Being is so much easy. You know? Just be. And if I'm doing something that's, 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 that's disrespectful to someone or hurting someone or hurtful, which is never my intention, hopefully they'll speak up. So I say, you know what? That's not how I meant it, or that's not what I meant to do. You know what I mean? But this is what I meant. But I understand that I have grown exhausted trying to fine tune how I speak, or you know, dial, you know, like pull myself down, or quiet myself, or lower myself because I have a very strong personality, or I have a very, I have very dominant characteristics you know what I mean hell I have a lot of masculine my if you looked at my astrology chart you'll probably think I was a man I have a lot of masculine traits in my astrology chart so sometimes I can come out very dominant but I have very feminine aspects too and I have a very soft side to myself it's just sometimes when the time comes comes I, I can be dominant Hell, I sleep with a pistol right next to me. I ain't, I ain't for play play. I ain't play with you. You know, or I don't know. Then I work in management, so I give orders all day. So the only way I know how to be is direct. Hell, I have five siblings. I was the only girl with five brothers. So oftentimes a lot of the responsibilities fell on me. With five brothers, you got to be, you got to be stern. You got to be dominant. You know what I mean? So that's just, I had to learn to just, that's who I am. So just learning to be, I would say is very important and surrendering to things that you can't control. Can't do nothing about it. If you can't do nothing about it, let it be. Or as in Cat Williams said, fuck it. <laughs> fuck that light bill. I can't pay it. Like, fuck it. We ain't gonna get on no stories. But anyway, I'm AD I'm ADD and again that's my new word. I'm ADD and again. Um thanks for tuning in. That was my story about the two times I went to hell and came back which it resulted in me going through some real shit. And coming back. <laughs> but I'm I'm still I'm still afloat. I didn't drink the Kool-Aid, y'all. I don't think pinch me. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. I love you all. Y'all, don't forget, look at the mirrors every day. I love you 11 times in the morning. I love you 11 times at night. Tell yourself you love yourself every day. Whenever you get some extra money, you get paid. Spend a little money on yourself. Make love to yourself. Take yourself on dates. Spend quality time with yourself. Dance with yourself. Do whatever you got to do to show yourself love. Because at the end of the day, it's good to have people to love us. And it's good to receive love from outside sources. But I do believe that the creator put us here with everything that we need to navigate through this world. And that's including love. Peace.